Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Happy Father's Day. Wow. Today, uh, we're in week two of At The Movies, and uh, the theme of this year's At The Movies series is really movies with a message. Uh, and today's movie uh, is an old one, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Raise your hand if you remember this movie or you saw the movie. Raise your hand. Yeah, quite a number of you saw the movie. Um, Saving Private Ryan is a 1998 war film uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, has an ensemble cast of a lot of famous people. Uh, It's set in France in 1944 uh, during World War II, and it follows a group of American soldiers led by Captain John Miller, uh, who's played by Tom Hanks, uh, on a mission uh, to pull Private James Ryan out of the war. James Ryan is played by Matt Damon, um, and they're to pull him out of the war because his three other brothers have all been killed in battle. Uh, Saving Private Ryan is considered by many people to be one of the greatest war films ever made, winning multiple awards on the list of greatest films of all time, multiple lists. Uh, In fact, in 2014, uh, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Now, being Father's Day... Um, there are a lot of different directions I could have gone with this movie. Um, But here's where I am going. I actually believe that there is a battle that every man in this room is facing. You've been given a gift as men. You've been given a gift, a calling, if you will. Biblical manhood. God-ordained masculinity. But because of all the confusing voices in our culture today, and I think maybe the lack of godly role models, male role models, most of your life uh, you've been told to run from your calling, okay? And typically end up in one of two extremes, either just a macho maniac or an emotional sissy. But I believe that God has called you and he has gifted you for a reason. The question is, the question before you today, men, is this. Will you use that gift? Will you use that calling for your own selfish purposes or are you going to rise up and be the man that God has called you to be? And use that gift for God's kingdom and his purposes. Ephesians 4 verse 1 puts it this way. The Apostle Paul said, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So that's what I want us to do today on Father's Day 2023. I want to urge you men to live a life worthy of your calling. I am tired. I'm tired of seeing men turn in their man card. You know, not stepping up or manning up the way that God has called you to. I'm tired of seeing men lose this battle. 
You know, there's this great scene in Saving Private Ryan where Captain Miller, uh, in his dying words, tells Private Ryan to live up to the sacrifices that were made on his behalf. He says, earn it. Earn this. Now, obviously, you and I don't you know, work for our salvation. We can't earn it. But here's my point. We can do our best, as the Apostle Paul said, to live a life worthy of our calling, to live a life worthy of all of the sacrifices that have been made on your behalf as followers of Jesus and as men. So that's where we're headed today. You see, men, I think you are needed today more than, more than ever before. You know, if there was ever a day and a time when our families and our churches and our community and our world need faithful, godly men, today is that day. And so the passage of Scripture that I want us to focus on today, it kind of serves as our marching orders as men, our marching orders for battle. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. It says this, Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Circle that. Underline it. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Act like men. What in the world does that mean? Well, let's examine it today. You see, these two verses basically contain five commands that I want us to talk about. They are a call to arms, if you will. In fact, he uses a lot of military language here as he challenges the men to stand up and to act like men. That's why we picked this movie for today. Number one, he says, stay alert. Stay alert. In fact, it begins with, be watchful. Other translations say, be on your guard, be on the the alert. And and so basically saying, hey, that's part of what it means to be a man. Be on guard, stay alert. Dads, one of the things that you and I need to be alert to today are the subtle changes that are taking place both in your children and in our culture. Now, I don't know about you, but um, you know, when my kids were born, and I was first holding Lydia and, you know, looking down at her, our oldest, for, like, the very first time, I, you know, I, I just remember being overwhelmed with just how beautiful she was, how perfect she was. And I can actually remember thinking to myself, I cannot ever imagine being upset with you or ever having to discipline you because you, my child, are beautiful and perfect. Anybody remember having those thoughts? Yeah, sure. And then a little bit later, how many of you remember having this thought? Where did this demon seed come from? Because it's yours, not mine, right? I mean, let's be honest. Now, what I'm saying, parents, is this. We've got to remember that our children are born with the same exact moral handicap that that every human being, including you, has had since the fall of man. Sin. Proverbs 22.15 puts it this way. Folly 
Another translation says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Listen, they come into the world with sin bound up in their heart. Every parent quickly discovers that, you know, you don't have to teach your children how to be selfish, do you? You don't have to teach your child how to throw a temper tantrum. They come out of the womb, fully capable of all of that and more. Now, I realize that a lot of this cuts against the grain of a lot of what we hear today. Namely, that, you know, all human beings, we're all basically good at heart, you know, and that children are born with a blank slate. And so all they need is the right kind of environment and the right education, and they will just blossom into their goodness. That's a bunch of baloney. It's not true. In fact, the Bible paints a dramatically different picture. The Bible makes it clear that thanks to Adam, we're basically sinful to the core. David put it this way, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. In other words, the Bible is saying that in the heart of every child, even at a young age, there's a self-centered nature, very stubborn and rebellious. And the point that I'm making is that we've got to be careful not to be naive about that. We've got to stay alert. For example, when little hints come your way that your child needs some redirecting and correcting, don't ignore it. Stop blaming it on everybody else. Don't rationalize it away. You know, if a teacher or another adult pulls you aside and needs to talk with you about your child and address some behavioral problems, don't become defensive and unapproachable saying, what gives you the right to correct my child? Listen, that's not sticking up for your child. That's you setting them up for a lifetime of grief later on. If you don't take responsibility from an early age, an early age to lovingly, firmly, consistently discipline your children, the Bible says you are in fact participating in their destruction. Stay alert. But along with your child's heart, dads, you also need to be alert to your child's enemy and the ever-changing culture in which we live. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert. There it is again. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Jesus called Satan the deceiver, a thief, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to do that to your children and your family. In fact, picture a a military sentry that's posted to stand guard. That's the picture that's being painted here in 1 Corinthians. The application is pretty simple. Godly men stand guard over their families. Godly men stand guard over their families. There's not a man here who wouldn't do whatever they could to protect and provide for their family, at least not a godly man. And I think for the most part, we get this, we do. I think God hardwired it into the DNA of men to be a protector, to be a guardian. So how do we do that? Here's the simple answer, write this down. Stay involved and be engaged. Stay involved and be engaged. Men, I cannot overemphasize how important this is. Because I think it's easy to dismiss it and to think, well, you know, mom's got the home front covered. No, no. Your wife and your children need for you to be engaged and to stay involved. 
in, in your children's discipline. Listen, you've got to take an active role in their classroom, in their education. Know who their friends are. Be aware of what they're watching and who they're listening to. Monitor their screen time. Stay alert. Number two, stand firm. Paul says here, stand firm in the faith. He's using another military metaphor. A soldier stays alert, is engaged in anticipation of an attack, and then when it comes, he says, stand firm. Hold your ground. In the the message, it's, it's paraphrased this way, hold tight to your convictions. That's the idea. Godly men hold tight to their convictions. In other words, Standing firm requires that you know what you believe, and because those beliefs are grounded in the word of God, you refuse to be swayed or moved by outside pressures or opinions that change with the wind. And let's face it, dads, you know, that's not always easy. You will be labeled old-fashioned, out of step, out of touch, But it is critically important that you teach and you warn your children about the dangers of being connected to following whatever trend happens to be coming down the pike. Psalm 119.89 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens, no matter what happens in this culture. In other words, the word of God stands firm and godly men stand firm on the word of God. Standing firm in your faith, it requires conviction. Listen, your families need that. Our church needs that. But you can't stand firm on the word of God unless you're standing firm in the word of God. Men, take the initiative and lead your family spiritually. That is your responsibility. You lead them You lead them. You lead them to Jesus. You lead them to the church. You lead them to serve. You lead them to the word. You lead them to prayer. Stand firm in the faith. Number three, be courageous. Paul says that we're to be watchful, stand firm in the faith, and he says, act like men. Now, what's he mean by that? You know, is he pulling the the man card? You know, man up. Well, he is to a point. Not in the world's way of, you know, ego-driven, iron-pumping, macho-maniac way. In fact, other translations use the phrase here, be courageous. In fact, it's a Greek word that's used only in this one place in the entire New Testament. Aristotle used it to describe a good warrior. And so it fits the progression here. A sentry stands guard, remember, and stays alert. And when he's under attack, he he holds ground, right? He stands firm. And then in the midst of an assault, he's got to be courageous. He's got to be brave. In other words, in the heat of the battle, you act like a man. In the midst of an attack, when times are tough, when leading and loving your family is hard and difficult. You step up and you act. You do not run and you do not hide. You are courageous. Joshua 1.9 puts it this way. Have I not commanded you, be what? What does he say? 
Be strong and courageous. That's the idea. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Which brings us to number four. Remain strong. Those two go together. Act like men. Be strong. Now, guys will never say it out loud. But the truth is, we want to know that we are strong that we have what it takes. Listen, every little boy grows up pretending to be a superhero. Every boy grows up wanting to be a man. But the reality is too many men today are looking to the wrong things to define their manhood. You know, growing up from the world, we're told that if you, want, if you get the right job, you drive the right car, you sleep with the right girls, then and only then you're a man, a real man. And the reality is, is all of those things fall miserably short in defining what a man is. Ladies, let me let you in on a little secret about your man. Do you know what the number one need of every man is? It's not sex. Now that's what we project, but the number one need of every man is affirmation, encouragement. Every guy wants to know, am I strong? Am I man enough for you? Do I have what it takes? You see, the truth is, most men play for the audience of the loudest applause. And ladies, that's why it's so important for you to affirm and encourage your man. Ladies, if you are here with a guy today, right now, here's what I want you to do. Ladies, I want you to reach over and just grab his arm. Just squeeze his arm. Just touch his arm right now. Now, Before you touched his arm, guess what? Every guy in this room did. He flexed his muscle. He did. You don't do that. Girls don't do that. But here's the deal. We have tried to define our strength through all of these different ways. And the Bible says over and over again that your strength, men, comes from the Lord. It comes from your relationship with him. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the what? In the Lord and in his mighty power. We live in a world that has robbed men of that, robbed men of your identity. We, we have basically been given a picture of what it looks like to be a man. And quite honestly today, it doesn't look like the picture that we have been given in the Bible. Today, men almost have to be embarrassed to talk about being a man and being a strong man. The problem, though, is we're looking again to the wrong thing. I want to give you a better picture. I want to give you a picture from the Word of God. Do you know, what the, do you know that the Bible says that you are created in the image of your heavenly Father, the Almighty God? The problem is, though, is that many men today picture God as weak or distant, kind of an old grandfather type in a rocking chair, not really paying attention to anything. If you want to know what God looks like, you just need to look to Jesus. But again, the problem is some of you have a picture of Jesus that looks like it was torn out of a children's Bible, that he is some sort of an effeminate, sheep-carrying sissy man. And no guy grows up thinking, I want to be like that. I think it's time you get a new image, a biblical image, because the Jesus I know, the Jesus that the Bible talks about, was a man's man. 
He worked with his hands. He was a carpenter. He flipped over tables and cleared out a huge crowd in the temple with a whip because he was outraged. He called people out. He stood up for what he believed in. But listen to me. You know what he also did? He prayed with little children. He reached out to the outcast of his day. He cried emotionally at the loss of his friend. And then he took a beating, the likes of which you and I could hardly fathom. He carried a huge tree, a cross, on his shoulders up a hill called Calvary, and he died on it. He died on the the cross for your sin and for mine. That's Jesus. And men, you were made, you were created in his image. You are not made to be a passive wimp or a macho maniac. Don't let the world shrink you down into its mold of what they think a man should be. Don't let anybody revoke your man card. You are not a coward. You are not weak. You are created in the image of God. Number five, be loving. Be loving. Stand alert. Stand firm. Be courageous. Remain strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And then one more, verse 14. Let all that you do be done in love. Your children need to see that. Children need to see that in their fathers. Let all that you do be done in love. According to Jesus, it is the single most important quality of our lives. A new command I give you Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What does that look like? Practically, what does it look like? You know, we tend to think that love is physical or it's an emotion. You know, it's, it's sex or it's feelings. Listen, it's so much more than that. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show it. Let's show the truth by our what? By our actions. Love is an action. Love is the small things done consistently over time. It's treating people the way you want to be treated, regardless of how you feel in the moment and regardless how others respond. Men, listen to me. The greatest challenge that you will ever face in this life is the challenge to live for Jesus and to love like Jesus. To live for Jesus and to love like Jesus. Where you live, work, parent, and play. And the question you need to ask yourself is this. Am I man enough to do it? Listen, when you look back at your life as a man, as a husband, as a father, how much of it is really going to count? Will you have made any difference? I love the final scene in the movie Saving Private Ryan. I watched the movie again in preparation for today for this series, and it's a powerful one. James Ryan uh, is an old man now, and he's with his family standing at the grave of uh, Captain Miller. And this is what he says. My family is with me today. They wanted to come with me. To be honest with you, I wasn't sure how I'd feel coming back here. Every day, I think about what you said to me on that day on the bridge. 
I tried to live my life the best that I could. I hope there was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes, I've earned what all of you have done for me. Manhood is God's gift to you. It's your calling. Now, what are you going to do with it? The choice is yours. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Live a life worthy of your calling. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word and I thank you for the example of Jesus, your son, of what you look like, of your characteristics. Lord, I thank you for all the godly men in my life over the years who set an example for me and led the way. Lord, today I pray for all of the men who are in this room. I pray, God, that they would continue to live for you and to love like Jesus and to live for him where they live, work, parent, or play. And listen, if you are here today and you are listening, watching, that loving Heavenly Father loved you so much that he went on this great rescue mission to pay for your sin, a debt you would, you'll never be able to pay on your own. You'll never be able to make up for it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. The debt has been, has been paid. It's been canceled, paid for in full through the sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus. Your only response is one of faith. It's, it's one of confession, repentance. It's just to admit what you already know to be true, that you need a Savior, that you're a sinner, that, that you believe, that you believe that Jesus is God's Son, that you believe that he went to the cross for you. You believe that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And today, you want to give your life to him. Do it right now, right here. Father, thank you. We love you and we pray these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.